Hello everyone in the WDM nation, Emil back here again with the pre-show to get you all up to date with WDM news. First up, we are so close and maybe have even surpassed already 1700 followers on Twitter and for that we thank you all, seriously, thank you. Next up is the world building panel. I know I said it will be out soon and I'm working as fast as I can on it. It will be just a few more weeks. I'm just tweaking a bit and it should be out in a week or two or three. Don't hold me accountable on that. Also, we have moved even more pieces behind the background and have some awesome stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks and months. One is the one page RPG I'm writing. I have the idea and a few things down already. And in a few weeks, I might release the first version of it. For updates, head to Twitter and follow us there. But we have so much more behind our screens cooking. Just wait a little bit longer, guys. And with that, the only thing left to do for me is ask you guys to throw us a nice review so we can beat the algorithm and get our show out there. With that, enjoy episode 27 of Double DM Story Twists. What's up everyone and welcome to the next episode of Double DM Podcast. We are on episode 27. I have Niels with me today. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fine. Yeah, the face you made right now, good stuff. Good That's stuff, That's the good right? stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to record again. Yes. It's I'm great, right? Yeah, I missed this in my vacation, actually. It's just, I would also mm. miss myself if I... Yeah, true, true. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> how are you doing? I am doing very fine, actually. I have recovered completely from my uh, vaccine, from my first uh, vaccination shot. That's good, that's good. Uh, second is to be in exactly one month or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm good. I had some minor side effects, I would say. Yeah. Minor ones, a little bit of a stiff arm. I think the headaches I wouldn't put to the vaccine, but to the learning I did for the exam. That is now finished as of yesterday. Very nice. Congratulations on that. It went as far as I expected it to go. It was, again, I, I, I talked about this last week, about that these exams are written in a way that you need to understand in order to actually get what you, get the points mm -hmm. you need. If Like the actual what you need to do, the procedures, the calculations, all of that stuff, that's easy. Yeah. But what is hard is the big problem of how understanding what they want in which exercise from you. You needed 24 points out of 58 to mm -hmm. succeed, which is yeah. less than 50%, which is pretty easy, I would say. I made around 30, uh, 40 points of those if I would say uh, I did everything correctly I, I, I did on the test. Mm-hmm. I am pretty confident that I actually that I will pass. I think that I have definitely 20 points out of two exercises I definitely did correctly because I did the checks we did in class mm -hmm. and the checks turned out to be correct. So that's always good. I, I see no way I'm doing those wrong. And then I need, just need four points out of 20 other points I did. And yeah, I think that's something I can do. That's definitely doable. Yeah. So except that. Did anything 
TTRPG related happen to you? Or is there something coming up? Or um, There's a lot of stuff coming up. First, I want to talk about me going to the mm -hmm. cinema today. Because I didn't tell you what movie True. I'm going to watch. It's Godzilla vs. Kong. Now, how is that TTRPG related, you might ask? I have started, like, before watching the movie, right? It's We're recording before I'm yeah. actually watching it. We started thinking, like, the movie is a movie where Godzilla and Kong fight. Yeah. Yeah, big whammy action, whatnot, right? Cool, cool, cool. But the thing is, now I thought to myself, what should be the humans among those titans fighting in a city or somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. The, the humans caught in the aftermath or in the actual battle, what would they do? That could be a very interesting first session. Oh, definitely. Two monsters, like like two dragons fighting over a city, basically destroying the city in the process while the players are trying to find a way to survive. And because first sessions always are bonding opportunities, right? You want your players to bond in a way, yeah. to, to, to get to come together as a group. I mean, survival is a great motivator. Yeah, one of the best, I would say. Or one of the most efficient, at least. Yeah, we could look into that to write something about this. That seems cool. Mm -hmm. Fun idea. It's, it's interesting, right? It's, it's it's There's a lot of talk about how to start a campaign and that you shouldn't do it in a tavern or that you ex exactly should do, in a, should do it in a tavern, right? Yeah. All of that. But I, I'm like, now thinking about the things I never did, I want to do those. I... I I, I love the start of the tavern, right? It's it's simple. It's, it's the classic. It, 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 it's a classic, and that's why it is also a cliche. And that's yeah. okay. I love doing those. But I also start thinking about, what if I put two adult dragons in the skies fighting while the players level one try to survive on the ground? The aftermath of small and bits of uh, like, like, a, like a fire beam that goes white, goes through the city and basically eradicates a whole block of houses and yeah. the players are going running over there to help the people that are screaming and burning inside and that's interesting because yeah. the monsters create an intense scene but aren't the focus of that scene yeah but just sending flying burning debris everywhere and just trying not to die mm -hmm. in that situation and maybe save as many people as po uh, humanly possible for the players mm -hmm. that could yeah, be interesting yeah, yeah. uh I, uh, something for me happened as well because I already are vaccinated and so is most part of my uh, one of my groups. Mm. We had the first in-person session again after over one and a half years. And Whoa. it was, yeah, I loved it. It was it's nice. Yeah. I got ravaged by mosquitoes in the process because we were playing in a garden outside. But a soul for a soul, it was worth it. A small price to pay for salvation. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and actually something regarding to our today's topic happened in there. So nice. what is our today's topic? Well, I still have something to talk about in the recap. Oh, you have? Hit yes, me. I do. Yeah, hit me. I have three sessions coming up in the next week. All right. Next week from now today. One on Friday, one on Sunday, one on Tuesday. Yeah, the Tuesday one I'm in. Mm -hmm. First Friday. We come back after a long pause because our DM... Had exams, and after that, basically, I basically the day after his exam began the time where pro where I was like, well, now I can't really play because I have exams. Mm -hmm. So this week is the first we can actually play again because none of us have anything to do anymore, uh, university related, and it's gonna be great because it will probably be us carrying on an assassination plot. Ooh, interesting. 
on, on a high value target from the Empire. Interesting, yeah. The Sunday session is uh, my Fantasy of Chaos one, where my players have just entered the temple and are now trying to find a way to survive in there, mm -hmm. to lay down for a rest, for a night's rest, because they are basically all 1 HP. Mm -hmm. No spell slots left and completely wrecked. There is a stalker running around in the woods, which is which are these gloom stalker rangers I have, which is a, basically a, a private conclave of highly trained ranger rogue assassins. Mm -hmm. Very interesting stuff. And yeah, my players now have fled into a temple and now hearing whispers in the dark mm. from the walls, from the from the tunnels. Nice. What will they find in there? I still have no idea. I need to prep that stuff. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it will be fun. And then Tuesday, the Witcher session with you yeah. in it, yeah. gonna be a fun one, definitely. Uh, we ended just before some gnarly big beast would have come out of the uh, out of the cage. I think it was out of out of out of a cage. Yeah. yeah, out of the darkness. You just found out a lot of information about the Doctor and his journals. Yeah, last session was a lovely lore dump. Nice. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we're nearing the end of that mini campaign. Yeah, yeah, it's it was awesome, or it is still. So yeah. mm -hmm. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I'm excited how it turns out in the end. If we are yeah. competent enough or not, let's see about. I that. mean, I don't know, but yeah. like it's only two or three sessions more. Yeah, and since I know I'm finished with everything, I am planning on getting that more or less done quickly with you guys. Yeah, not because I want to want it to end, but I want it to be. I want want to feel it now, right? Right. I, yeah. I want it now. I I want everything now from 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 this point to the end. I wanted everything at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So so our topic today, right? Yeah. About plot twists and reveals. Mm hmm. Then These certain story moments that everyone loves to hate or hates to love. Exactly this. So let me ask you. Seems pretty simple. What are they? Um. Generally, they are moments your players don't expect. Mm -hmm. Moments where crucial information is revealed. Moments where your players and their characters are shook because of new information. Some thing happened, like a betrayal. Anything where your players all go, <gasps> yeah, just the and their characters all go, <gasps> yeah, just a huge gasp around the table. Yeah, basically along those lines. Anything that is the topic of today. How to create that? How to how to make them feel good? How they work and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, what should these moments actually achieve? Oh, like I said, they should shook your players to their core, right? They yeah. should be the mom the moments where your players go. <gasps> Um, so they should catch your players off guard um, to keep them on their toes. They, they, these moments should be more or less, uh, less unpredictable. They should become, they should, when they, when these moments are unpredictable, your players have no way of preparing for them yeah. and have to react in the moment, which is a great story opportunity. Definitely. Having your players act in the moment. Yeah, it makes the whole story less linear and less predictable overall. Like, mm -hmm. you can insert many, many plot twists, but you can't predict everything as a player. You can use your hints and figure something out, but that's what we talk about later. But overall, you can't really predict everything a plot twist is going to reveal, in most cases at least. Yeah, you, you can 
catch certain glimpses of it maybe for her maybe maybe as a player you you have some suspicions right but you aren't prepared for the actual reveal to happen because there are a lot of things at play here not only the information you have but a lot of stuff more yeah so in general it just uh, also creates intricacies for players that they can decipher and use to get information or use the information they have for to their advantage mm -hmm. the, the story becomes way more three or four or five dimensional with that yeah. creating a story that isn't linear anymore and way less predictable where your players have to assume stuff where your players have to decipher the information you give them those are all things that happen as effects of reveals i would say all of the those reveals throw your players into a spiral of rethinking a lot of stuff they did mm -hmm. and that happened because with new information comes new light on things so i want to ask you why are they so important because we said right they are very important and we talked about what they should achieve but why are they important um, because mostly they create tension mm -hmm. and to have tension in a story makes it more engaging and stuff all that and it overall creates emotions for the players and the player characters which makes it in turn make it more memorable at the table overall and it creates yeah. great great role-playing opportunities for your players yeah with different social encounters moral questionings uncertainty and stuff like that it also creates obviously combat opportunities if they want to fight definitely uh, it creates a lot of certain possibilities yeah right because the moment is unpredictable like we said already it's it's an unpredictable moment and having your players come in and basically get hit in the face with information they didn't expect is basically just saying hey do something now what do you do and and then from that you can draw so many different strings together which path do they want to go right yeah they could go the path of uh, first of all trying to find out why Uh, or they could go the path of, okay, let's fight, ask questions later. We need to fight now. This person betrayed us and they are they can't get away, for example. Yeah. Now, because they are basically moments after which you stop preparing, I at least do that always when yeah. I have a reveal. I more or less plan to the reveal. And after that, I don't have anything really prepared for now because they are good cliffhangers right they definitely are amazing cliffhangers ending a session on a noble saying hey i'm a cultist gives your players time to think about what they should do gives you time to plan out the possibilities a bit but also gives your players tension for the next session yeah. they want to be there the next session to play again and that is the amazing part right yeah it just keeps the engagement DDM high And yeah. overall, these plot twists and reveals, they just throw the party of the pre-constructed plans they had. They just turn mm. them on their head and they have to be right on the toes to keep uh, thinking quickly about the stuff they wanted to do and how they can achieve this with the new information they just got. Yeah, they, they get any kind of new information that is shocking and boom, all of their plans go out of the window most of the time because... If you reveal a noblest part of the cult and that is a good friend of the party, they probably told him a lot of stuff. They handed information to the cult. So how is their story now gonna change? Because now they might live with the guilt of tipping off the cult against the army moving against them. And they would question 
everyone around them and you create a lot of different ways anything can go and that's why they are great because if you have a lot of possibilities where stuff might lead that shows your players have agency they can choose which path to go and again i want to emphasize this in my opinion there is not much in these games that is better than player agency definitely it just makes it more fun for everyone at the, the table most of the time mm-hmm. so basically we talked about what they are, why they are important, and what these moments should achieve. But now we come to a big part. Mm -hmm. How do you set them up? Oh. Or how could you set them up? Well, the first thing about them is players shouldn't know about them. Like, that's the whole point of them, right? Yeah. Your players, if, if they know about them, you can't make it interesting enough for it to be actually a revealing plot twist moment. They should or they, they are allowed to suspect something, right? They could suspect out of certain past subtle hints that the noble is indeed a cultist, but they they shouldn't know it already, right? Yeah, it shouldn't be set in stone or be confirmed. Like It shouldn't be set in stone for them. Exactly, that's right? what I mean. For you, yeah. it should be could be confirmed or not but for them if it's if it's confirmed fact for them you are not handing them new information again this is all about revealing certain information that is so shocking that your players get thrown off yeah, and that is the shock moment but what you could do if the players have suspicion and act on their suspicion to find out more you can reward them with the possibility to plan ahead for example or the information itself already exactly like before the actual twist happens exactly but uh, with uh, with everything if you have information you can make better plans so if you already know that the noble is a cultist but go to the ball anyways you can set a trap for example something like that it just gives your players opportunities and as a reward for taking up on those subtle hints and investigating them that could be one thing yeah for example with the ball again if they if they suspect the noble to be a cultist right and they get invited to a ball maybe take a dagger with you as as a precaution yeah maybe try to find a way to smuggle in your weapons hmm. all of those could be good preparations for a party that expects to be ambushed yeah exactly another point for me is planning beforehand mm -hmm. these moments should not feel forced that's the most important part because if they should if, if they feel too forced they are a haha got you moment right and we don't want that we don't want our players to feel like they did something and no matter what they actually would have done this would have still happened there was no way to either prevent it to stop it to find out about it before they need to feel satisfying to you and the players mm -hmm. to actually be good moments. Sure, you can shock your players with a haha gotcha moment, right? That you, you can do that because they didn't expect it, because nobody can. Making the noble a cultist just to spite your players isn't gonna help you. But thinking about this, okay, the noble is turning slowly over to be a cultist. They are slowly realizing that the cultists are actually right on what they say. So they become one. The party knows this noble beforehand already. Like, right, the noble just slowly becomes over time, becomes a cultist. And the party shared more and more information with them. And the noble g gave that information back to the cult. So they were feeding the information to the cult, right? Yeah. That... It, that slow process of the of the noble becoming more and more cultist in a way that then feels natural to reveal at some point yeah it just feels organic but when you think just to spite your players for killing your red dragon monster too quickly haha that that noble is now a cultist right 
where is the fun in that? Yeah. I, I don't see it. Definitely. Sure. If your players don't suspect anything and this reveal is still there, that's again a thing. Like it just shouldn't come just as a moment you want players to experience the shock. They also should have a significance to them. Yeah, and obviously you should hit hint those things subtly way beforehand. Mm. I mean, even if you don't, like, right? The snowball could be so good at hiding that fact that they there are no hints. That's still fine, in my opinion. Only if that moment is really significantly important to the actual story you want to tell and not just a, ha ha ha, I have fun with this. Yeah, exactly. And I think you need to find the right moment to do these reveals or reveal mm -hmm. the plot twist. Because just saying it in a random time during the story where it has no real other impact is huh, kind of like luster i think because it doesn't spark any interesting actions from the players sticking with the noble thing mm. if they just travel around the city the noble lives in and then just get a memo from the army yeah the noble is a cultist turns out hmm, it's just it just doesn't feel satisfying enough because the time the timing wasn't right but if they were invited to the ball and there the noble turned out to be a cultist that's fine they were there, like yeah. the players need to be there in the moment. What could be fun, though, is they get a memo from the party who have been known to be the protectors of that noble mm -hmm. as bodyguards or whatever. Could be a very fun first quest. They get the notion, get the memo, hey, we have taken him into custody. We suspect him to be a cultist. Mm -hmm. Do you want to weigh in on that topic? The players go, no, he's not a cultist. We will, we will be defending him. Yeah. Turns out he's a cultist. And you just defended the cultists. Turns out, you may be not be cultists, but you are accessory to the fact that he is. Yeah. You helped him. You helped the cultists. How can we be sure you are not cultists? That is a great reveal moment in it of itself, right? You have this noble. They are suspected to be a cultist. Your players say, no, they can't be. We know this. They are our friends. Hey, they are, right? Mm. Maybe, maybe you guys are not as good as you thought. Yeah. Just, but your players are. And there we are again with the moral quandaries that some yeah. reveals may inspire. Yeah, yeah, your players start to think about a lot of, like, your players and the characters, obviously. They start to think, okay, who can we, who do we actually, who can we trust, yeah. right? We, we were just betrayed. I had those, my players were betrayed in a game and they basically questioned everybody for like three, four sessions after about anything. They didn't believe anything at face value. They always were like, can we actually believe it? Where do we get the, where do we got that information? And and they went back and questioned so many informations they got because they were like, okay, could it be that this information was just given to us by this NPC? Because if so, we can't believe it anymore. We need to be distrusting. And that creates a very interesting snowball effect, I would say, because your players start to think about the information they they insert the new information, the actual correct one they have, and with that could connect new dots and go into complete different direction in the story because they have new information that leads them somewhere entirely else. Yeah, they just start fact-checking what they already had to base new plans like, off of that new information they got. Like, as, a, as an example, mm -hmm. They have a, a ciphered note, like an encoded note. That note has, has a name on it, and lo a location, right? Yeah. They brought that to the noble, and the noble deciphered it for them and told them, yeah, that's Temple X on the map. 
Mm. Temple X is actually a trap by the cultists. Your players, the players went there and found cultists. They thought, wow, we found cultists. That was right information. But now they think, wait, that could have been a trap. Mm. Maybe this note is still relevant. And go back trying to decipher that note. Yeah. Going into a complete different, well, a complete different direction. But 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 she, as the DM, planned not necessarily planned, but knew that direction, right? You had that note, and maybe at that point you really thought this noble wasn't going to be a cultist. That is fine. You can change your story on a whim, just not make it as an adversarial DM, right? Don't be an enemy of your players. Be their adversary, right? That's why I don't like the word adversarial DM, because you should be someone that presents challenges to them. Definitely. You should be fair. You should also be a fan of them, but you should you shouldn't be just an enemy to spite them. Yeah. And that's the thing. You you can't change that story on a whim because you think it will fit better. But And then this note becomes relevant again because the note now points to a new different location you can think about. Something new. Maybe it's a height of, of an actual cultist leader that the noble didn't want the players to find. Hmm. That's interesting. So yeah, this information doesn't need to be crucial in and it of itself. It should have just a crucial impact, mm-hmm. right? It could be simple, this noble is a cultist, blah, blah, blah. But then the information that noble gave to the party now gets looked at in a completely different light. Yeah. they Your players will question everything they got from him. And that can be the crucial information in it of itself. Yeah. And if you plan something like this, you obviously need to know what your players and your player characters know to mm-hmm. plan around these. What can you reveal to them to make it an interesting story or an interesting information yeah. scattering? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you definitely need to find out what you actually want to reveal to them. Any information they have can't be revealed to them because they will just say, well, we know that. Yeah. You need to ask yourself the question, what can you reveal to them? What significant thing can you do to shock them? Yeah. What part from the information they have can you take and twist it in a way that shocks your players? Exactly. Or which information you will give to them is twisted Mm -hmm. in a way that it leads to a twist, right? You can also plan that way ahead of time. Yeah. You can also do that again after giving them that information. Yeah, if it fits the story and feels natural, do it. Yeah, you are the DM. You have control. Still, Yes, the players are the heroes of the story and they have they also have control, but you also do. Don't don't think that you as the DM don't have. You you can still control the story. Yeah. And in some moments you also should. You you create these shock moments only when you take the story into your hands because your players won't create them for themselves. Yeah, but you don't just need to know what your players know, what you can reveal to them, but you always have to set the stage for the reveal itself. Mm-hmm. It just it just needs to feel right, not just what you're telling them, but where you're telling them. So you need a good location, for example, but not just the location, but a whole situation or social construct around it. Yeah, you need to create the actual situation that reveal be, will be in, right? As we talked about, the noble with the ball. The ball is the stage. Exactly. You have a formal meeting with a lot of nobles and a lot of people, a lot of diplomats, and the party in the middle. They get invited from the noble. He wants to 
show them the high life of society. But actually, he wants to trap all the nobles and the party at the same moment in a room and use them as a sacrifice or something. Something like that, yeah. That is cool. That, that, that is a cool stage, right? Yeah. And just keep in mind what this stage means for the players as a result. Mm -hmm. If you go to such a high-class ball, you probably will, won't be there in full plate armor, for example. Or bring your greatsword or your great axe with you. That's something you wouldn't do in general. Well, the barbarian probably would. Yeah, but barbarians are barbarians. In most cases... They would do, but... Yeah, I get what you mean. It, it, it's, it's a lot of fun to think about setting the stage right. Because I, ha I had this uh, uh, in my Tyranny of Dragons game. Mm -hmm. uh, I made Talus the White, which is the character in the first book who runs the hunting lodge at the end of the book. I made them part of the backstory of one of, my, of, one of the characters. Mm -hmm. They invited the party into their house. Talus uh, in this game is a spy, no, not a spy, but someone that actually works against the cult in their own twisted way. She also believes in Tiamat, but she doesn't believe in bringing Tiamat to the prime material plane. Yeah. But bringing her back to, the, to her godly self. Mm -hmm. Basically preventing her entry on the material plane as of a godly contract or something. Whatever Talus believes. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, she invited the players uh, into, the into her house... She didn't, they didn't knew it was Talus, right? They were just asked inside by servants. The servants then told them, tomorrow night will be a formal dinner with the lady of the house. We will bring you your clothes. And if you need anything, just ask, right? Yeah. And then my players did something in the lodge, blah, blah, blah. And then went to that ball or to that formal meeting, to that formal dinner. They were given clothes that couldn't be worked with, with armor. And that was intentional by Talos. She didn't want them to uh, come up in full plate armor. But she all, but, but the thing is, Talos was smart about it. Or I was smart about it. She never said you need to wear this. She just mm. said, this is a courtesy of the house. You can wear this. The players, the one, the fighter, the one tank of the group mm -hmm. said, I'm going to wear this formal thing. I'm not going to wear an armor to this meeting. And that basically threw the plan off because now this player isn't equipped to actually handle a fight. Yeah. Right? And but that's a nice one. Talis never said, this is what you need to wear. She never wanted to force anything on them because she knew if she would do that, that would come off as hostile. And that would have been bad for her case because her case was work with me to destroy this cult. Yeah. But just suddenly saying, you can wear this. I will supply you with this. Yeah, never saying you have to wear this or you are not allowed to wear the other thing. Just yeah. saying, hey, I have brought you nice clothing. Why don't you wear it? Yeah, it's something like don't press the red button. The first thing is you do uh, press the red button in general. Mm. But this is the exact different, uh, opposite thing. That's nice. Yeah, not telling them anything, making letting them make their own decisions, making it feel like they are in, because that was what Talis wanted she wanted them to feel in control she wanted them to feel relaxed because that is the moment she can better talk to them if they feel like they control the moment mm -hmm. even though she does that is the moment she wanted and that is what i created with that my players thinking they have the choice here and they and and the thing is them showing up in in some of them showed up in full gear That is a symbol to Talus. Mm. The symbol is they are ready to fight. They are careful. Okay. Like the clothing was so much in that moment. 
And that's setting the stage. I set the stage by giving them clothing. Mm. It's so simple. But so effective. I gave them clothing. Taking the clothing would mean we accept the uh, hospitality of this house and come to the gathering how it is expected of us. Mm. Right? Expect in quotation marks because no one ever said it's expected of you to wear this. Just said, hey, you could wear this. We give you this as, as, as as a gift. And... Them showing up in full gear gave Talis the signal of still they don't trust me, so I have to do some work. I can't just barge in with the door and tell them what I want to tell them. I need to to work this case, right? Yeah. So just with closing, that reveal I did with Talis that she is actually an ally of the players or that she can be an ally had so much set up beforehand that just was so subtle. I had the stage of the hunting lodge, but I also set the stage with what are you gonna wear? How are you gonna prepare? And what or that is all setting the stage, mm-hmm. setting the moment you want to reveal something. And Talis did a great deal of that that as well, right? She prepared with her guards were still in the room. She, the players were still surrounded by guards. Mm-hmm. She was in her beautifully dressed, which is actually a scammer. So she was in full armor as well. Mm-hmm. She wasn't dumb about it. But for her armor, the thing is, it also looks like it also looks beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> she could wear that to a formal meeting and still count as formally dressed. Mm-hmm. But the simple chainmail the fighter wears would never go for a formal dress at a yeah. gathering. So Talis was very smart about that. And that is setting the stage. Making the plan of how to set the stage correctly for your players to actually walk on it and be the fool you want them to be. Because let's let's be real, all these moments are a little bit about making a fool of your players mm-hmm. without being uh, a lo- too much of haha fuck you again right it's yeah. i love when something is revealed to me and i'm like oh shit was i dumb to not see that yeah that's that's what i love that's good shit it shows that i have been paying attention i got the hints mm-hmm. they just didn't have the information to connect them yeah and th- that's one thing about reveals as a whole reveals aren't just the moment they are the mm-hmm. information that you reveal itself yeah because you can write the best moment possible the best speech talented virtuous awesome but if the information that is revealed is garbage to say the least Mm. it's a trash moment something like this yeah the information should have like the moment you create should not take away uh, from that information itself The, the information you have should be crucial enough to create the shock itself and you should help that with anything around that yeah. the moment you create around it but the information in and of itself needs to be shocking in it of itself yeah. like like we said you need to set the stage blah 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 but this all just helps emphasizing the information you want to reveal mm. basically and if that's not good like in math terms 0.5 times 3000 is still not much You need yeah. at least a one to make something big. Yeah. Make a big number. Exactly. Then how would you play those moments? I mean, you just elaborated on that a bit with Talis, but in general, going through the steps, or how would you play the reveal as a whole and not just the reveal moment? I'm going to take the Talis moment as an example for this. I hinted at a lot of stuff because my players were asked to stay in their room. They are not supposed to go out of the hunting lodge. They shouldn't be snooping around in the hunting lodge. They should stay in their room. That room is for them, but they should stay in there. My players went outside. I suddenly hinted at that there is something lurking in the woods. 
which is this four-armed troll hunter that is in the manual as in, in the book as well. Mm -hmm. And my players went outside. Well, sucks to be you. That hunter is gonna find you. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Well, I gave you that information. I I hinted at something that there is a hunter outside, right? But that's side information. The actual information was inside, right? Because they heard some screams. They were like screams, and like yeah, you hear, you hear screams from down below the hunting lodge. And then they were like, okay, wait, are they holding prisoners here? Do are they torturing someone? And I'm like, you hear screams. That was a subtle hint at yes, prisoners being tortured in the wine cellar under the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I suddenly hinted after they found that out that because they went to the wine cellar and actually freed those three prisoners, I suddenly hinted at that one of them is actually a cultist. Mm -hmm. With that subtle hint of that prisoner being a cultist comes the question, why would another cultist have a cultist chained up in their cellar, mm -hmm. right? Why would she have chained up one of their own? That was the first thing I gave them. Talus isn't actually a cult member, or at least not who she's who she's supposed to be. That dwarf was then killed by, I think it was a rock, the monster, and yeah, the big bird the or thing. the yeah, vulture, the big, bird, the big bird. I think no, no, it was the vulture because it was uh, there is a rock and a rock. It's yeah. confusing. It's a rock. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He was killed Just, by a bird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the thing was, when they brought that up in the Talus meeting, she was like, oh, thank God my cover isn't blown. Because that dwarf knew she wasn't a cultist, mm -hmm. right? My player's saying to her, hey, we actually freed your cultist prisoner. And she was like, oh, wait, what? Is he, is he gone? No, he's dead. Oh, my God. Thank God. And that moment was the reveal in of itself. Her 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 saying my cover isn't blown. Perfect. That was that was the moment where my husband wait what? Wait. Cover? Say what now? Again, please. From the beginning. And she was like, okay, okay, well, cards are on the table now. Let's talk business. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. I subtly hinted at she has cultists in her cellar. I also hinted that in her cellar is some sort of crypt. That my players found, but that is also only important to the meta plot of that game. But I gave some subtle hints before the actual reveal scene would have happened as to what is going on. Not enough for them to actually piece this together simply, mm -hmm. but enough for them to suspect that something is off. So basically, you were as subtle as you needed to be, but not so subtle that nobody would pick up on it. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's. That's basically a good description. Be be subtle, but don't be too subtle and not yep. too obvious. Being uh, or being too subtle or not subtle enough in this mm -hmm. situations is some sort of a walk on a mirror's edge. Yeah, you you don't really you have to find balance through testing basically to see mm -hmm. how fast your players pick up on stuff and how they deal with these hints. You have to mm -hmm. you can't just use one formula that fits all. You have to tailor it to the specific party through different types of testing yeah. with the information that you hint at them. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that uh, especially you have to find the most natural way to reveal the information. Mm -hmm. You you can't plan the whole ball scene, for example, with that noble example we had. You can plan everything step by step, right? But if it doesn't feel natural to your players because your players did an action that basically threw off your plan, you need to adjust, right? Yeah. As always. You need to adjust the city and you, you need to make everything feel natural to your players and not forest. And regarding that, we already have a podcast episode if you want to listen to that. Yeah, it's improv. improv. And also the 
one on improv versus railroading. Exactly. Those two topics tie into this especially well because not uh, planning to a specific point, then not having a plan at all, just you need the freedom of your improv to make the story or the reveal interesting or fun and natural. Mm. But you need the planning a bit to actually make the reveal, the reveal information a good one. Exactly. And there's the thing. I would just say, ask yourself how it would play out, right? Just ask yourself the simple question. Okay, my players have now asked the noble into the into a back room to, to talk with him in private. How would that play out? Mm. What would the noble do now? Will he accept? Will he deny and just say, no, I can't. I have to entertain my guests. Mm -hmm. What would he do? That's the only simple question, right? That we always ask ourselves as DMs when players do anything. Yeah. What would happen? Um, now, the most important part for me is immediately after revealing something, mm -hmm. immediately after you reveal that that noble is a cultist, stop the narration for a moment, just a second or two. Make a, make a longer pause in your talking. Let that moment of shock sink in with the players mm. they feel the same shock as their player characters are right now feeling in the game yeah let them feel that shock and then pick back up with any actions with what npcs would do what pcs would do anything else yeah that's something i did in the session on uh, in my in-person session on last sunday i was playing or i am playing the u Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frostmaiden module. And there is, is a quest in a small fishing town where they have to find about uh, find out information about a specific sea monster living in the lake right in front of the town. And they were venturing out into the lake or onto the lake and they saw the sea monster down below, just making circles around their boats and just closing in on it slowly but surely, like wolves do with their prey. So they have, with that, I hinted at, yeah, it is still some sort of beast, monster, or something like that. But if they or they then proceeded to not attack, but didn't leave the lake itself. So the monster attacked the boat, but then suddenly the monster spoke. And then I just stopped and didn't say anything after that. And the gasping around the table was just magnificent. <laughs> they were just so, excuse me, what? The thing talked? It's a fucking dinosaur. How can it talk? And then... We proceeded to play out the aftermath of that small reveal. It's on a much smaller scale than big plot twists, but it is some subtle things you can spray in. Yeah, so, yeah. that's definitely true. Again, just find the just let let the moment sink in with the subtlety of it or the overtness of it. Putting this big information in front of your players, hitting them in the face. Now, well, recover from that hit. You will get your turn to act. Boom. Now what do you do? Exactly. So, um, big question after that is, after you have revealed something, after your players have dealt with that moment, what do you do now? What happens now? We talked about this already. Not much, actually. <laughs> you let your players figure out what they want to do next based on that information they got. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff to think about now. Revisiting old information, informing other NPCs about this. Basically, let them find their path. Hmm. They have a lot of paths to take because of that information, because they open up so many possibilities. Yeah. L like we said all the time in a TTRPG, you have two driving forces. And right up to the point where the reveal happens, the DM is the most influential driving force in a way. Mm -hmm. Especially in this reveal scenario. Exactly. Yeah. You have to hand over the control solely to the players. 
because mm -hmm. they now have new information and need to say to you what they want to do with that, how they want to act on it. Yeah, that just under, uh, underlines the importance or the thing we always say that you don't write a book, you write a story together with an, a different driving force of the story. Yeah, but what you should also have is you should know how the re reveal affects stuff, right? What certain parts of the story has been revealed? How does that affect past information? Other NPCs, the situation in general? Because, again, reveals should feel shocking. They do that best when the situation changes, when everything changes, when nothing seems familiar anymore, especially in a dire way. But, again, also important, reveals don't have to be always bad. Yeah. Again, with Ta Talis was a good reveal. She revealed herself to be an ally of the players. Yeah, that's always. Keep in mind, don't always do bad things in reveals. Can I mean, you can. You you could definitely, but if you just do bad reveals in a way, you just mm -hmm. train your players to think every time something is revealed that it automatically automatically means it is a bad yeah. thing for them. But if you sprinkle in here and there are some good things that turn out to be true, it keeps them on their toes a bit more. Especially with the scale of uh, reveals, because there are simple small scale reveals and things that alter an entire storyline, if not a full campaign. Yeah. Right? You, 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 there's a lot of range. What do you reveal at what point and what reveal do you want to have? That There's a lot of range you can do this from. So, yeah, for reveals... um. Know how it would affect information. What new assumptions your players will make. What information can now be disregarded. How does this one information you gave them fill in blanks in the overall plot. Yeah. And with all that, you basically have a good reveal. You, you, the reveal is the information you give your players on what scale you ever pick, mm -hmm. what information you want to give them. It should feel shocking to them. They should feel some sort of <gasps> moment. Like there's a lot of range of what they can feel in that moment, right? Exactly. Shock, uh, maybe anger. Relief sometimes even. All of that. And then basically work your way to make the reveal good that the situation the reveal happens in supports the information that is revealed. Yeah. That is very important. Find a good way to reveal that information because if you do it in a good way, it will be memorable to your players and your players will be shocked. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that covers it. So thanks for listening. Follow us on our social media. Twitter is at DoubleDMPod, same as our Instagram. We have a Discord server. Come uh, come check us out and hang out with us. Talk to us. All that. You can find the link to the Discord on our pinned Twitter post with the link tree. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Hear you on the next one and bye-bye. Bye-bye.